Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. So let's pray coming out of this video. Pray with me in your homes right now. Father God, we come before you. We celebrate your name. We celebrate your son, his resurrection, his death on a cross, his burial in a tomb, his resurrection from that death, God, all done to free us from our sin, all done to give us relationship to be sons and daughters of you, our heavenly father. We worship you now, God. Lord, it is my prayer. I realize so often times I pray for less than. I ask for small trivial blessings and ignore the big picture. And today, God, it is my hope that I do not do that, but rather I pray a prayer that is bold and audacious. Audacious, God. I, I pray today, Lord, knowing that because we are unable to gather in physical locations together as your body, as your living temple, we are scattered like salt throughout the earth. And right now in this very moment, God, I, it's not forgotten that the airwaves are just flooded with your gospel. The worldwide web today is flooded with messages of redemption and messages of hope, and messages of forgiveness, and messages of your radical grace. So would it be, could it be, God, that this day in America, every single person that is connected would hear your gospel? God, would it be so that every person that is, that is tuned in and streaming at some point today actually come face to face with your message that there is hope for a lost world, there is hope for a sinful people, that we can come and be right with you, be made right with you, not through our self-effort, not through our personal piety, not through our hard work or our religious activity, but God, we could be made right for you because of your son and what he did on the cross and that he rose from the dead. My prayer is not only in America, but the entire world today would encounter and come face to face with the decision that they have to make. Would they today choose to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus to be the savior of their soul, God? I pray for your Holy Spirit to do an incredible work in our lives, in our nation, in our world. These things we pray in your son's powerful name. Amen. I say good morning again to you if you're joining us. Uh, I hope your stream is strong. There are several people I've talked to in the last few minutes that said, uh, we don't have a picture. And then I talked to someone who says that the streaming is just perfect. So I have a feeling it is more on your end and less on ours. So I would just encourage you to be patient. Be patient. Good things come to those who wait, friends. Good things come to those who continue to work through problems, right? And so I remind you that in addition to this live stream, we will restream this exact broadcast, this exact worship experience tonight at six o'clock uh, on, on again on our Facebook Live and also on our streaming platform. 
uh, that you can ex- access through www.mynorthbridge.org. And then also we will upload this uh, to YouTube as well. So there are many options for you to experience uh, what we are doing today and what we're saying today. You will not want to miss out, friends. Yeah, I guarantee you that. Uh, I'm finding in this season that we are in, in the midst of the bad news and the struggles and the tragedies, that there are also blessings mixed in this as well. That's incredible to say, but I'm finding that to be true because I have to force myself now that everything is a little more still than normal, everything's a little more silent than usual, I have to force myself to look into my heart and into my soul deeply. Times like this forces me to have what I call a heart check and, a, and a, do a soul inspection. And this is not something that most of us relish, including your pastor. This is not something that I just readily gravitate towards, but I find that in seasons like this, I am, in essence, forced into doing that. I'm compelled by the Holy Spirit as a Christ follower, to look at deeper things inside of my life during this time, and that's what's happening. And here's what I find is the sad reality is that even as Christ followers, it's so easy for us to find our hope and comfort in things that are transitory, things of this world, things like money or education or prestige or family strength or our youth or our strength or our personal health. And when times like this comes, those things get stripped away. They're taken from us. When that happens, we can be surrounded by hopelessness and anxiety. And and I find that when that happens, that's followed by panic that gives way to dread and malaise. You might be asking in your in your office or in your home, in your, in your living room, in your bedroom, you might be saying, how does Pastor Tony know exactly what I'm dealing with? And the reason is because I have been there also. I've been there also in, my, in times in my past. But today, today I am speaking to you representing a living faith, recognizing also that many people Hundreds and hundreds of people that are watching today also have that same living faith. Many folks engaging the stream have the same faith that I'm speaking of as well. This faith is not a dogma, nor is it a creed. It is not a philosophical outlook, nor is it a moral compass that's passed down from our parents. It's not a national identity or national ideal that's that's taught to us by our teachers and educators and politicians. This faith's strength is not uh, is not predicated by our self-effort, nor our internal goodness or our personal piety. Let me be clear: the church today puts our faith in a man who walked on the earth two thousand years ago. In a pivotal, we put our faith in a pivotal event that took place during this time known as the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was the crescendo of human history. It was so powerful that historians to this very day base our concept of time upon it. So just in case you don't understand this, for 
For folks that have never thought about it, the fact that we are in the year 2020 refers, refers to the fact that 2020 years ago was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. At least that's what the time, the date stamp that the historians of today have placed upon that. Now, this man, Jesus Christ, he made some very bold claims in life. He was known for his teaching. He was known for his philosophy. He was known for his worldview. As a matter of fact, right now in, in your rooms, if I asked you, name a teaching or name a famous parable that comes to your mind, probably 80% of the people watching right now would think of something like the Good Samaritan, or you'd think about, about the prodigal son, or, or you'd think about the talents. You, you, you could name a parable that comes to your mind that you were taught maybe as a child, this man made very bold claims. He said that the creator of the universe, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, was his personal father. And he said that he and the father are one. Therefore, he was saying that he was God. He made the claim that he could, own, he could not only forgive our sins, he could free us from the shackles of sin and death. He taught us that he could heal our broken natures. And doing all of these things, he taught that he could clear a path for us to be the sons and daughters of God that we were meant to be. Not only through these teachings and demonstrations of radical love and, and forgiveness did he show the authority from which we could make these claims, but also through incredible acts of power that we call miracles right now. The miracles that just come flooding through my mind are the, the healing of the blind man, multiplying a little boy's fish and bread to feed thousands of people, walking on water and, claim, and calming the storm. And let us not forget the many dead people that he raised back to life. Jesus came with incredible teaching, with bold acts of love and generosity in forgiveness and grace, and with works of incredible power, extraordinary, incredible power that no other person has ever been able to wield in this existence. So the million-dollar question for us today is, what difference does this make for us today? What does it matter that Jesus walked 2,000 years ago and did these extraordinary things? What does it matter that Jesus died ignominiously on a cross and was put into a borrowed tomb and came crashing out of that tomb three days later? What difference does it make for us today? And friends, I would tell you it makes a great difference for us today. It makes an incredible distance for us today. Pat, the apostle Paul who was one of Jesus' contemporaries. He came on the scene right after Jesus, a few years after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. And Paul was called, he was called into this work, into the work of church planting, into the work of, of, of contributing to theology and to the understanding of what it means to walk this wor in this world under the lordship of Jesus Christ. He, he writes to a small church in a town called Colossae, a town that that has been forgotten by history. And, and we have the recording, we have the writings in our hands. It's found in our scriptures under the, the book title Colossians. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, we read from Paul, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity 
lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. What is this verse saying? First of all, it's saying Jesus is God. Verse 9, the fullness of the deity, the fullness of the living God is found in the presence, in the person of Jesus. If you have any doubt about God, Jesus being more than a man, cast it aside, friend, because everyone in the, the scriptures have attested to the deity of Jesus. They affirm it over and over and over, and we see it here in this passage. And verse 10 then Paul continues to write, and he is saying that you and I, we are made ready for this journey called life because of what Jesus has done in us. By submitting our lives to Christ, we have all the power and all the wisdom and all the providence we could possibly ask for that's in our possession and at our disposal. And a final point I would make on this passage is that all possible threatening powers, anything that you fear, anything that could sink your ship, anything that could cast you to the depths are at the feet of Jesus. He is Lord of those things just as much as he's the Lord of the good and the happy and the, and the positive. And we can have confidence in that. So what does this mean? This means that life is different for the Christ follower. If you've called upon the name of Jesus, if you've asked him into your life, if you've asked him to forgive you of your sins, if you've said, God, come into my life and take ownership of my life, take leadership of my life, change me from the inside out, know that life is different for you today. It is shown clearly in the middle of this pandemic of Christ followers, Paul in chapter three continues to, to, to speak deeper into what life looks like with Jesus as your Lord. Uh, he says to us very quickly as we just look through chapter three and just skim through it very fast, very quickly, he, he tells us early on to set our hearts and to set our minds on heavenly things. And then he goes on and he says in verse five, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And he goes on to define that. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, all of those things are idolatry. He's saying put to death the things that keep tripping you up. Uh, we read in, in verse 12, he, Paul says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and, uh, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What's, what's Paul talking about? He's saying, okay, uh, put to death things of this world, but then put on, just like you'd put clothes on your body, Put on the same attitudes and the same actions that make us, that help us treat other people differently than we would under our own nature. And then he goes on and he, he records in chapter, uh, in verse 15, he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to be to peace and be thankful Paul's telling us, hey, if Christ is in you, let his peace rule in you as well. We need that word today, don't we, church? We need to know that clearly and experience that 
clearly today, don't we? Let me tell you, I can attest to this, and I know hundreds of people watching me today can attest to this reality that the peace of God is there for us in the good times and in the bad times. In the rough times and in the uncertain times, in the times where we're concerned about disease and we're concerned about economic distress, God's peace is there to rule anyone who will allow it into their hearts and into their lives. I speak this not because I read it in a book. I speak this not because I remembered it in a, in a far-off time, in a distant place, in a totally different circumstances, and I can finally re- recall it and, and recall it with haze, but I can speak to you about the peace of God because I experience it in real time in this day and age. One of the things we are trying to do as a church here is to stay connected in the midst of of the rules in the midst of the social distancing, I, we work very hard to try to keep small groups connected through, through different chat platforms. We work very hard to keep people engaged by calling one another and connecting with one another. We work very hard in, in sending out letters and just letting people rediscover the art of a, of a kind, timely note of encouragement. We work hard in that I, as a pastor, try to work every day to connect with different folks to make sure they're doing well and to hear their stories. And and many of you then in turn will call me up and say, how are you doing, Pastor Tony? What's going on in your life? What are you experiencing now? And here's what my experience has been over the last three, four weeks. In the last few weeks, there have been times when people ask me, how are you doing? I'll be honest with them at times. And there have been times in the last three weeks that I've been tired, right? Uh, Honestly, this This COVID-19 messed up a pretty good gig I have. I have a really good gig as pastor of Northbridge Church in which I can set hours and I can can adjust things for the needs of my family. And I find that the last three weeks I've worked harder than I have probably in the last 20 years of ministry. And that's okay, but it makes me tired, just like you. Uh, There's been times I've been in low energy. There's been times I've been drained because I've given everything I have for that day. There have been times that I have been sad. There have been times that I have been frustrated. But in all of those emotions, I can say that I have never, never, never been without hope. And I have never experienced a lack of peace that comes from God's presence. That even in the sadness and even in the frustration, even in the times of tiredness or the times of just being emotionally drained, the hope of God is like a steady cadence within my life. So Christ follower, why? Why? Because I would make this argument. I'm not special from you. And many of you can say the same story that I'm saying today. So why do these things? Why will these aforementioned things that we've just talked about in Colossians take root in our lives? Why do they take root? Because there is no other king like Jesus. That's what we saw in the video That's the theme of our day. That's the theme of this talk. There is no other king like Jesus. What I would ask you to do right now is I'm going to lead us through that chant. And wherever you're at, wherever you're stationed at, however many people are gathered around your device, just put your hands up in the air and say it with me, okay? Let's say it on one, two, three. There are no other kings like Jesus. Now, now, 
Peggy Lynn Anderson in Tucson, Arizona, I know you're not doing this. I know this. I see it. I, I see this. I see this on my stream. You're not doing it. So let's try one more time. And for those of you who are just like, Peggy, don't, don't just uh, follow her example. Do this for, you, for me. I promise you, you'll get, a, you'll get a charge out of it. There are no other kings like Jesus. Friends, the reality is all of us are on a journey to find what our hearts are searching for. Our hearts long for something greater than ourselves, something outside of ourselves. And the sad truth is that many have abandoned this journey out of frustration or fear of being disappointed. I, I understand that. Another sad event is that many have ended the search and they've, they've found false substitutes. They found poor substitutes, perhaps a job to replace what Jesus should be, perhaps a mate perhaps a title in society, perhaps a possession. They find that thing and they say, this is what's going to fill my longings. This is what's going to give me peace. This is what's going to give me what I need in life. But here's the, the beautiful truth is that some of us, a few of us, some of us who are blessed beyond measure continue the search and finally our hearts are introduced to the one who can do what I have described to you today. Why? Because of Easter Sunday, because Jesus died on a cross, was dead in a tomb, and came crashing out of that tomb, alive, resurrected, because the reality is this, only God resurrects. You can have this same power. You can have this same peace. You can have the protection in your life when you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you call on him to be your king. You call on him to be your savior. You call on him to take leadership upon your life. How do you do that right now? Well, you simply pray. It doesn't take an ornate ceremony or a complex, uh, complex statement of words. It doesn't take some kind, of, some kind of esoteric ritual. You just simply, the scripture attests and affirms over and over that to give one's life to Jesus, it's simply believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and calling, saying with your mouth that he is Lord of your life. So you call upon him. It's just simply saying, Lord Jesus, I want to make you my king. Forgive me of my sin. Take me, change me. I want to follow you and I pledge that I will live for you the rest of my life, King Jesus. Oh, and by the way, I trust that you're going to make a place for me in your kingdom one day. You can do that right now in this very moment, friends. You can call upon the name of the Lord. You can call upon Jesus wherever you're at, and you don't have to do it under the watchful eye of a pastor or a church leader. You simply have to, wherever you're at, call upon Jesus, and, and God will see you. God will hear you. God will know you are there, and he responds every time, every time. Whenever a person, a child of his, a son or a daughter says, God, I need you. Jesus, would you come and forgive me of my sin? Would you come into my life, and would you be my Lord and my Savior? Change me from the inside out, and I pledge my life to you. Every time, Jesus will say yes, and he'll come into your life. And he'll make a difference. And so in this very moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. When I'm praying, as I'm praying, 
The band's going to join me back up here, and we're going to celebrate Easter Resurrection Sunday with one more song, and then after that, we'll have some announcements to give. But in the midst of that, I would just love to lead you. If you're sitting there saying, you know, this very day, this very day, I need to quit being a religious person. This very day, I need to quit trying to be a good person. This very day, I need to quit trying to search after all sorts of things and and chase after all sorts of things to, to find hope. This very day, I need to call upon the name of Jesus for him to make a difference in my life. I would like to lead you in a prayer. Uh, Again, these aren't magic words, but this is similar to a prayer that I prayed years ago to ask Jesus into my life. And if you're sitting there saying, I need that, I want Jesus in my heart, I want Jesus in my life, then just you can take my prayer and use it as your prayer. Okay? Let's pray right now. Just You might just say these words right after I say them. Lord Jesus, I need you desperately in my life. I confess my brokenness. I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to change me. Come into my life and take leadership. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. I pledge my life to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, here's the reality. If you prayed that prayer, you might not feel explosions in your heart. You might not feel fireworks going off inside. You might feel that the room's the same. Some people do feel things. Some people do experience an emotional release, but, but many do not. When I was a child and I gave my life to Jesus, I didn't feel anything different when I prayed that prayer. But guess what? My life became very different for the last 40 years because of it. And so I would say to you today, if you prayed that prayer, one thing, I'd love to know it. This church would love to know that we had a part in impacting your life. Perhaps you would use that app I told you about earlier in the service, and you would just send me a note. I'll be the one to see that, that, that prayer request, and you send me a note saying, Tony, I prayed that prayer today, and, and I'm now a child of God because of what God did to me when we were together, worshiping together online. I'd love to hear that story of yours. I'd love, to, it would encourage me. It would, we could celebrate that with you. We could also, if you are, want to, we could also get you some stuff into your hands to help you understand what it means to be a Christ follower as you continue living this life, as you continue walking uh, under the presence of Jesus with him as your Lord, with him as your Savior. So I would ask you to make yourself known with that. And, and with that in mind, let's go ahead now and all the church and all the people celebrate what God is doing. Celebrate that God has done a work in our lives through Easter Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.